afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Notre Dame Stadium. Zivikowski trying to get to the outside. He has blockers in front. Time for Zivikowski. Belong to beat. Shakes it off. To the five and touchdown. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Brady Quinn looking. Pump fakes. He rolls to the near side. Throws it. It's caught by Samaja. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Jones is the back. He's got it again. And Jones a letter room. Tony Jones makes a cut. Gets a block. And scores. Is that the play that will seal the playoff bid for Fighting Irish? Welcome to Sons of Saturday Irish. I'm Tyler Bojack, and I'm here with Luke Smith. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday morning, the day after Notre Dame went into Chapel Hill and defeated the North Carolina Tar Heels by a final score of 45-32. to 32. With the win, the Irish are back to 500 heading into the bye week, and I can tell you the general mood between the two of us uh, and probably the rest of the fan base is a lot happier today than it has been in this in Sunday so far this season. Before we get started here, though, please like and subscribe below if you're watching on YouTube, and uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening to the podcast. Now, we're going to do some ad reads, and then we'll be right back. This episode of Sons of Saturday is supported by DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SOS to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code SOS only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This episode is sponsored by Haas Company, a lifestyle brand that's about being the best version of yourself. Be the Haas. The Haas lives life without reservations, without doubt, and ready to answer the call each and every day. Check out their website at bethehaas.com and use promo code SUNS for 15% off on your next order. Check them out. This episode is also supported by Roback. Shop game-changing active wear with Roback for those who crave activity. Use the promo code SUNSND, that's S-O-N-S-N-D, to get 20% off your next order in the entire store at Roback.com. But we encourage all of our listeners to check out the Shamrock Polo, which would look great on Irish fans everywhere. That's promo code SUNSND at R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. Okay, Luke, how are you feeling the morning after Notre Dame's best game of the season so far? I feel like I should have bet more than I did. Um, to be honest, I was called a fool for saying the amount of money I wanted to put on Notre Dame, and so I halved it. Um, and I guess I have some really shitty friends because I could have made a lot more money yesterday. Um, but, yeah, I feel I feel good, uh, all, all things considered. Like you said, best game of the season so far for the Irish it doesn't matter that North Carolina's defense looks like Walker calling in throwing against Connor Shields in the legacy parking lot. Um, it, it's still something, and uh, now Vegas means something, and, and that's really the, that all I'm happy about. 
Yeah, I went into this game thinking, okay, like I felt like Notre Dame should win the game, but I was pretty worried just on the basis of if Notre Dame loses this game, like let's be honest, one and three is really, really bad. And I figured the offense has looked so boring so far to date. If they can't move it on this North Carolina defense, then we're going to be in some real, real trouble. And then you start thinking, like, what does the rest of the season look like? Is is five wins even possible? Well, but and that first yeah. drive, too, also was not very inspiring. No, <laughs> when, it was when Pine not. couldn't throw the ball over the offensive line. <laughs> yeah, two batted balls in the opening drive of the game. That was a really discouraging start. But, hey, they were able to figure it out. And then the rest of the game, they were just carving up that North Carolina defense. So we – are going to break down this game. We'll talk about all the really good things we saw from Notre Dame, but I feel like at the beginning we should probably address to take all of this with a grain of salt because that North Carolina defense, I know statistically they're at the very bottom of every statistical metric there is. But they're even worse. <laughs> yeah, and somehow they're they're even worse than we thought. It, it's just something to point out. But again, like considering what Notre Dame has shown up to this point on offense, I don't think we should be picky. We should be really happy and pleased with the offensive performance because it was really encouraging. There's a lot of different things that we could talk about that we really liked. Uh, so right off the bat, what was most impressive to you on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, it turns out, to quote Ari Wasserman, stars matter. Uh, you give the ball to Chris Tyree and Michael Mayer, they're going to make things happen. Like, get the ball to five stars, and good things happen. And that's kind of what happened yesterday. Honestly, Mayer should have had another touchdown if Pine just lobs it to him instead. It was an incomplete pass on third down. Um, and frankly, there were a couple balls. I'm trying to be positive. There are a couple balls that Mayer just made incredible plays on um, <laughs> that just were not easy catches. Um, but... Like I said, like you get those guys the ball and good things happen. And, and we started to lean into that. And I think that's a really good thing. And you're right. Michael Mayer did make some really good plays that, you know, to anyone else, you're like, wow, Pine kind of got bailed out. But I don't think that rule necessarily applies when you're throwing to Michael Mayer. And, and to give Pine credit, those throws, he made sure that Michael Mayer was the only person who could catch them. Um, so Pine had a really, really good game, a bounce back game. He finished 24 of 34 for 289 yards, three touchdowns, and most importantly, probably zero interceptions. And the difference in play between what we saw in the first half of Kyle, which might have been the worst half of football that anyone has ever had ever, and I know I don't want to keep harping on it, but we all saw it. We know what happened. The first quarter yesterday was pretty bad, too. So, <laughs> yeah, but we didn't score in the first quarter. True. Collectively, the Notre Dame offense is not known for their uh, hot starts this season, but he really did calm down. He made some plays. I think it all started to turn for him after he had that scramble on third down where he got the first. He looked dead. It kind of looked like uh, Ian Book back there where he's very elusive and then just scrambles out and just sort of just crushes the defense getting that first down. After that, it looks like he gained some confidence. It also helped that Tommy Reese called. Maybe uh, if it wasn't the best game of his career, it's certainly up there guys were getting wide open on that North Carolina defense, so he made it really easy on Pine. But we have to give Pine a a lot of credit there for how he performed, especially after the week before. And I think as a fan, now you can kind of look at Pine and go, okay, they can win with this guy. They can sort of build off him and what he brings to the table. Yeah, no, he he played well yesterday and um, definitely gives you some confidence moving forward, like we said. We don't really know what that looks like against a defense that's actually a real defense. But, yeah, there's definitely things you can build on there. And, and just hopefully, I, I thought it was a confidence booster for him. I thought yesterday must have been a confidence booster for Logan Diggs, who had really been awful to this point in this season. And he had some nice plays yesterday. Um, so I just think all in all, like regardless of what you think of North Carolina, which 
we clearly don't think a lot of them on defense. Um, it's still it's still a place that you can build from. Yeah, and Logan Diggs, one of three running backs, all of whom finished with over a hundred yards uh, of total offense. We saw first time since nineteen ninety six, at least that's happened. That's honestly kind of surprising. I feel like because we've rotated a lot of running backs um, through the years. Yeah, they they yeah. don't usually get a hundred yards each. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I would think I was most surprised by Audrey Kesame is the first Notre running back to have 100 plus yards or 100 plus rushing yards in a game since Kyron did last year against North Carolina when he had 199. I don't know. I guess and, I thought. And, nine, I, and 90 plus of them came on one run. <laughs> exactly. I think you said it before. We should play North Carolina every game. Yeah, it's it's become the most fun game on the schedule. Uh, Mac Brown looks like he's shitting his pants on the sideline. He's like an old grandpa just losing his mind at the officials, which, to be fair, was not a great pass interference call. Um, but they had done it three other times prior to that, so um, it was bound to happen, I guess. And just a very undisciplined North Carolina team. Uh, they had some absolutely moronic penalties yesterday. I mean, Tony Grimes is bitch-made. Like, there's just no two ways about it. When he takes a swipe on the sideline, it's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be this five-star corner, and you're just a bitch. Wasn't he the guy who started college when he was like 16? He, re- he or something? Ex- yeah, he yep. was extremely yep. young when he started, but then he started he as a true sick. freshman. Yeah. yeah, you would think that he's matured in the three years since, but he just hasn't. I don't really know what to make of North Carolina right now because they've recruited at a high level since Mac Brown came back, and honestly, if it weren't for Sam Howell being – the player that he is, they would be even worse than what they've shown in the past three years. And they've been pretty disappointing every year. And on one hand, you could look at it like, okay, it's North Carolina football. What are your expectations? It's a basketball school. And I get that, but they certainly have the resources to to compete at in the top of the ACC. And so far under Mac Brown, it's just been disappointment after disappointment because they get these really talented players and then they get on campus and then they don't really look any different from year one to year three or four. No, and I mean, I don't know how Gene Chizik is still coaching college football. That that was uh, he has so that a was ring. One of, that was, well, okay. So I was going to say that. And actually, you texted it, but the trivia question yesterday was like, "Who are the five active coaches with national championships?" And I was like, "Well, actually, it should really be six because he's still coaching college football. He's just not a head coach anymore." Um, and they didn't include him on that list, but that was funny. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. They, they can't figure it out. I, I don't really care. Like I said, I just I, I would like to play them a lot because it's been fun the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, the second half of that 2020 game was awesome. Maris Leofau sort of had his coming out party and they just sacked Sam Howell every time. Last year was fun because it was just such a back and forth game. There's some awesome plays. Jack Cohen ran show. for a touchdown Jack, last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyron had maybe one of the most exciting plays that we've ever seen from a Notre Dame running back. It was really, it was a really entertaining game, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. For the first time this year, I felt like I was having a lot of fun watching Notre Dame, which is sad. Oh, hundred percent. I, t- I tweeted that exactly. Like, I'm having fun watching Notre Dame football again. That that had not been the case this entire season. Yeah, because I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't describe the Cal game as fun. No, that was terrible. Even when they won, it was like, oh my god, like that's what yeah. it takes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and you see things going around college football this week. USC looks pretty gettable. So does Clemson. Like, hey, let's let's not talk ourselves into ten and two, but let's talk ourselves into ten and two. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm at ten and two just yet. I think right now, based on what we've seen, nine and three is probably best case scenario. I'm not gonna pick a loss yet, but we certainly made a ton of strides 
And now if Notre Dame could do that, what they what they showed, maybe not the ease in which they did it in which they moved the ball against this North Carolina defense, but if they come out against BYU here in a couple weeks and really dominate the line of scrimmage like they did in the second half of the Cal game and throughout the North Carolina game, that's when I'll start to think like, okay, this is the team we heard about. Even though it's a backup quarterback, this team can realistically win out. I'm not there yet, but I feel like there was some there were some signs in the North Carolina game that I can at least get behind that that could eventually be a possibility. Oh, 100%. I agree. So, you know, we talked about Drew Pine. We talked a little bit about the running backs. I think we have to talk about the offensive line because in a way this felt like just vintage, dare I say, a Brian Kelly team where it was like, okay, Notre Dame sort of handled the whole game. I know that after the SMA fumble at the end and then the ensuing North Carolina touchdown, the final score doesn't tell the whole story that how just how Notre Dame dominated this game from start right. to finish. But it did did it sort of feel like that to you? This is the the Notre Dame team that we were sort of used to for the past five years. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and that's good because it also, like I said on our last episode, it kind of built off the week before where they won a game that like it was a really ugly game and they found a way to win it. So that's like kind of a, a consistent theme now where they've showed some of those somebody's going to freak out, but the word traits, uh, those traits are, are showing themselves again. So that's good to see. Yeah. And to be honest, if, if this game had happened last year, I would have come out of it just like, okay, yeah. I, I actually probably would have been a little bit more annoyed with some of the stuff that was going on in the defense. But like, <laughs> this is the style of play that Notre Dame, they built their foundation on. They, this is who they want to be. It's who Marcus Freeman, or uh, it's what Marcus Freeman has said he wants the team to look like. Now they actually have proof of concept. Uh, the offensive line looked really, really good. For this part, I don't even care there's North Carolina defense because they got pushed around by Marshall. Let's take what we can get here. Uh, the team did Marshall did Marshall lose again yesterday? I saw they were down. Uh yeah, they lost. Yikes! <laughs> they lost <laughs> seven to sixteen to Troy. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Troy sneaky though. They uh should have beat Appalachian State the week before and and yeah, it's back to back week weeks of losses to the thundering herd after yeah. the the win herd round. Anyways, we're not trying to be negative. Yeah, here. No, let's um, let's, stick, let's. But stick I agree that offensive line that offensive line looked really good. And you know who else looked really good in the run game blocking was Eli Raritan actually. And he did. they've yet to target him, but Greg tweeted this out. He had some really nice blocks yesterday, um, and that's good to see because Kevin Bauman is done for the year. Um, and so he's going to get a lot of time and then we'll probably see some holding stays too as well. But these young guys are, are going to get thrust into action here. And it was nice to see him to, to, to really dominate in the run blocking game like that. Yeah. It was really encouraging to see because all of a sudden Notre Dame is kind of thin at tight end. Uh, Mitchell Evans is supposed to be back for the BYU game. Uh, Freeman said he could, which really, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Freeman is is kind of taking after the Brian Kelly school of talking about injuries because earlier last week, I think he said Bauman got twisted up a little in practice, and then three days later, it's torn ACL out for Maybe he did, yeah, I don't know. How about the fact that he walked into the locker room and just said, how about those Irish? I love that line. <laughs> yeah. I, I like That's something that I would – I'll probably say that in about 40 minutes when I go to Rinaldi's, but like, <laughs> I, like I, you don't expect the head coach to say that in the locker room. No, it felt it felt good to see. He was he was very excited um, and probably relieved, honestly, because I don't think he got that much satisfaction hey, out of that. They always, yeah, totally. And they always say, you know, going on the road is the best medicine. You get away from all the distractions, and to get a road win, um, that's that's big. That's impressive. 
it was it was impressive. And I think we mentioned in the last week, maybe they just needed to get on the road, like get away from right, South Bend right. after, especially after that Marshall game and everything. I need to get away on. from South. I did three weekends in a row in South Bend. That was way too much for me. So exactly. I, I totally get it. <laughs> and that's coming from you. Um, <laughs> I thought that the reaction for the players, it really felt like, okay, finally. Like it's been a really rough start to the season. Part of that is just the schedule, you know, starting out at Ohio State is going to be a really tough task and then a really disappointing loss the following week. But then they really seem to get things right. I want to talk about the offensive line a little bit more, though, before we move on, because coming into the season, everyone expected that to be a strength for good reason. You know, look at who Notre Dame was bringing back and the potential of the tackles. And Joe Walt and Jarrett Patterson had another really strong game on the left side. So Jarrett Patterson, we can assume, is close to 100%, or at least he's playing like it, because that's becoming a pretty dominant side of the line. I think the right side looked better. Josh Slug has been pretty inconsistent this year. Zeke Krell has been figuring it out in the interior. Uh, Blake Fisher looked like the player we hoped he would be this year, but Joe Walton, Jarrett Patterson, the left side kind of reminds me of the days when Notre Dame would just go to the left side of the line, which is led by Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson. And before them, the elite left side was Zach Martin and Chris Watt, where it's like, okay, Notre Dame, we need a couple yards. What are we going to do? It's just going to run to the left side. The whole team knows it. The defense knows it, but we're going to do it anyway. And this tandem, even though we know we're only going to have it with one year because Patterson's going to leave, this could be Notre Dame's identity going forward. Run to the left. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to go as far as you did. Uh, there's, still, there's still a ways to go. But but yeah, totally. I think I think they can definitely lean on that. Because I do think Joe Alt has been pretty good all year. Um, and even though the rest of the offensive line has struggled at times, are getting better now. I, I think he's probably been their best performer to date. And now that you get Patterson getting a little bit healthier, he's getting up there. So yeah, I totally agree. They can definitely lean into that identity. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're there yet. That's why I said slightly poor yeah, man's yeah, version of, of Zach Martin and Chris Watt. But it's sort of just been part of the Notre Dame offense for the better part of the last decade, just having a couple really, really solid linemen leaning on them. But we also... Uh, we talked a little bit about the running backs. Let's focus on him a little bit more because Audrick Estime had the best game of his career. Just a complete force up the middle. He wasn't dancing around trying to take it right. to the outside. He was running in between the tackles. And it's just got to be exhausting, man, being a defensive back, trying to tackle that dude just over and over again because he was just running through people. He finished with 17 carries, 134 rushing yards, 7.9 yards per carry, and two touchdowns. So it was really encouraging to see him especially just bowling over dudes and I have to imagine by the end of that game that entire North Carolina defense was like get me off the field like I'm done with this dude yeah he played a great game it really sucks he fumbled I wanted him to get another touchdown in there and hit a 50 burger but whatever can't have everything but yeah he had a he had a hell of a game he did and you're right Diggs did have a really good bounce back game I was honestly at the beginning of the game I was well yeah he had one play where I'm like why is he in the game right yeah, and then we saw some flashes of what we saw last year. We were like, man, this guy's really talented. He's really patient. And then sure enough, he had that touchdown pass where uh, I think you or I watching the game were closer than any North Carolina defender. That yeah. might have been the easiest touchdown we'll ever score. Um, yeah. But on that note, how about that OC? That man Tommy Reese in the booth. Yeah, and um, I don't care if this offends anybody. If you were one of those fucking morons <laughs> calling for his job, you're not allowed to celebrate this. You're not. Like, I'm sorry. The <laughs> amount of stuff that I saw the last couple of weeks calling for Tommy Reese's job was truly insanity. Insanity. 
And like I said, if you were on that train, then just get off the entire bandwagon. I, I don't want any part of you. If you're that fickle of a fan, then just <laughs> piss right off. No, there, there's probably not an individual who has done more of the Notre Dame football program over the last decade than Tommy Reese. So if you're going to be that guy, then I don't want any part of you. Anyways, <laughs> that was my rant for today. Yeah, Tommy Reese was certainly under fire a lot. And, you know, some of it, I will say, was justified. The offense looked so bad. And when you're responsible for that, like, you you deserve some criticism. But calling for his job was always crazy to us. And I think we doubled down after the Ohio State game. Now, I did say that, you know, when Notre Dame's competing for the playoff in November, we're going to have Tommy Reese to thank. I I don't think that's going to be happening anymore. But I still think... Maybe. Who knows? Kansas is undefeated. It could be a two-loss team in the playoff. No, I'm kidding. That's not going to (laughs) happen. I was going to say, like, we're we're really at that point. Um, no, he called an unbelievable game. And again, this was a North Carolina defense that was terrible. But it was really good to see because, I mean, it is amazing what he can do when he has a functioning offensive line that can actually block and a quarterback who can catch the snap and, and make a, a throw down the field. And, yeah, he was just carving him up. And it seemed like they made halftime adjustments, too. So they took advantage of everything that North Carolina was giving to him. There's a couple plays that were just so good. The play when uh, Drew Pine had the bootleg right and then he hit Diggs down the sideline, that was an awesome play design. Uh, something that, that motion they'd been running earlier, they found a crease in the defense where they just weren't covering the running back and the play action, hit him there. So it's a really good, really good game. I'm really happy for him. He's been in the news a lot lately for all the wrong reasons. It's been a lot. So I hope that... There, there were literally accounts on Twitter that were just called Fire Tommy Reese. And it's like, you are truly a pathetic human being. Get a life. <laughs> I saw someone in the replies to Pete Sampson, which is admittedly a scary place sometimes. Well, I was in there this week telling Sampson he needs to resign after saying yeah, I don't North get, Carolina. Yeah, can you expand I mean, it's a on joke. that? It's a joke, but um, I just thought his prediction was incredibly like, well, they have a better quarterback. Do they? Was Drake May better than Drew Pine yesterday? I don't think so. Yes, um, yes he was, dude. <laughs> Would you rather have Drake May or Drew Pine? He started hot, and then he went two of nine. When Would you rather have Drake out. May or Drew Pine? That's a different question. Would you? Ra- <laughs> it's Drake May. Stop. I Let's would rather realistic. have a lot. I would rather have a lot of. Uh, well, I'm not trying to be negative, but I'd rather. <laughs> yeah, have I was a lot gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think uh, Tate Frazier from Titus and Tate. He tweeted at me yesterday and said, "If you guys had Drake May, you'd be competing for the title." Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so then don't don't give me the Drake May Drew Pine stuff. You know you would take Drew Pine. Um, well, yeah, I would take Drew Pine. You're wait, right now. <laughs> right, that's I, you know what I mean. So wait, so you're calling for Pete Sampson to resign? Yeah, I think he. I think he should. Uh, if you're just gonna be like, yeah, I don't really know about. Another, it's like you've been covering the team for 20 years. This is a game they win 100 times out of 100. So, okay, but to be fair, we we did lose to Marshall. Yeah, but <laughs> which I is mean, a game uh, Notre Dame should win 100 times out of 100. Yeah, but, I mean, like, this game just, it felt really different. Like I said, I I was pretty levered on it. I wish I was more levered um, because, like, I just knew there's no way. Like, you can't take North Carolina football seriously. And that's that's kind of <laughs> where I come from. Like, you could take more the, the is Marshall, like, two and two? They now, lost I Detroit. Yeah. They <laughs> lost Detroit, dude. I, I don't think we could just, we, we were not at the stage a week ago. I mean, now, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but you cannot say that six days ago we could start just chalking up victories we're just barely getting by oh, no 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 and, and I still don't really think that but against North Carolina I did I just okay. because like I said it's become that game on the schedule like, oh, this is gonna be a fun one so yeah I Anyways. mean I, anyway what I was saying about Pete Sampson is I saw 
Someone in the replies said that Tommy Reese has blood on his hands, and I think it was actually like a former Notre Dame leprechaun. That's what his bio said, which is ironic because I'm pretty sure it was the same leprechaun who I actually saw draw blood in New Finney's when he got rocked in the face. But maybe that was the other leprechaun. What the hell does that even mean? He has blood on his hands? (laughs) I don't know. I think he was referring to gonna. I'm going to find that guy today, and I'm going to go at him. (laughs) I I almost wish I didn't say that then now. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was a really good game, really good stuff for Notre Dame going forward. Uh, Let's get to the defense. We've been on the offense a lot because just a a weird game from the defense perspective because North Carolina only ran 60 plays. And Mm -hmm. on 56 of those plays, Notre Dame's defense was really, really good. Then there were four plays where they were just straight up awful. So North Carolina finishes with 367 total yards. And on four plays, they combined for 215. So on the remaining 56 plays, Notre Dame's defense was holding them to 2.7 yards a play. And then the other four, it's just like, oh, my God, what, what is this? So... Definitely something to build on, but I thought overall it was still a good performance. I don't know. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, they held in the 66 rushing yards, right? So that that's good to see. But, yeah, you're right. There were just a couple busts. And maybe it's one of those things where, like, you just play an offense like that. Like, that's just kind of bound to happen. Um, but some of them just felt very avoidable um, and just kind of, like, mental mistakes more than anything. Um, so, obviously, you'd like not to see that, but – all in all, I thought they were fine. Uh, I still want to see more out of the defensive line. Riley Mills played really well, but I felt like that otherwise the defensive line was fairly quiet, um, and I would have liked to see a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what I thought. We're recording this on Sunday, so I haven't seen like the snap count, the participation charts. It's going to come out. It seemed like Ben Morrison and Jaden Mickey were on the field um, either as much or more than Clarence Lewis and Cam Hart. Cam Hart, he made a nice – pass breakup earlier in the game, and then in the fourth quarter, he gave up that touchdown late. It looked like they were in cover two, and then he just let the guy go right behind him. I don't know why Notre Dame would be in cover two in that situation when they're in pre-event, but I guess the question is, who are the starters at corner going forward out of this bye week? I think it's still Cam Hart. Um, I think Ben Morrison is, I mean, he he has been starting over yeah. Clarence Lewis, um, but I think it's probably Hart and Morrison, to be honest. Do you think Mickey's ready? Because no. he played a lot too, and he got he got. <laughs> I don't I don't really mind it. Like yeah, he got he got picked on a little bit, but he he does not appear to be as ready as we may have thought. Right, Morrison though, I think he was only targeted twice yesterday, um, off the top of my head. So, I, it's good to see these guys getting reps. And don't get me wrong, Prince Kali yesterday too. Yeah, he he almost got and a he's targeting. Almost got a targeting. <laughs> which, by the way, JD Bertrand missing another first half of a game. I don't know if that was targeting or not. Um, it wasn't. I just you just can't really put yourself in that position, um, and that's it's insane that that's happened two games in a row now. Yeah, targeting in college football is is a mess. Um, it's very inconsistent the way they call it. I I was shocked that they still ejected him after that. I thought that was weak, but yeah, again now in total, I mean I think that targeting happened like six minutes into the third quarter, so he missed pretty much the entire game. Although. He should get credit for the forced fumble on Drake May, the first turnover this season, finally. So that's good. But say what you want about Bertrand and his athleticism, but like they need Bertrand against BYU. BYU's very physical. That plays way more into his style. Right. And Bo Bauer didn't really play that much yesterday, right? Like I I, I, I felt yeah. like I didn't see him at all. I know he's hurt. Um, And so it's just you obviously want to have a full roster when you can. It didn't really seem like they had that yesterday. 
yeah, BYU's a big physical team, and Bertrand, it, it just fits more into what he does. And I know he's always um, under fire, and I get some of it, but I think that he's actually very underrated among the Notre Dame fan base. So that was frustrating. I think it was a weak targeting call. Dan Orlovsky was all over it. Uh, he was like, I don't know how this could possibly be a targeting. The play-by-play guy, uh, Bob is his first name. I can't remember. Bob was choosing. Was choosing, yeah. I think he felt compelled to agree with every call the ref made. And Dan even called him out at one point on the broadcast. I don't know if you heard this. But after North Carolina got that unsportsmanlike penalty for spinning the ball, Dan goes, you can't possibly agree with that one, Bob, right? And he did. He goes, well, it is the rule. And then Dan was like pissed at him, like, are you got to be kidding me? But it was uh, a pretty atrocious game by the officials, both sides, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think we really had good refs yet this year. So, yeah. Yeah. And the Notre Dame did get bailed out on that fourth and one with Chris Tyree. And then Mac Brown getting the uh, unsportsmanlike or whatever the official ruling was. I mean, it didn't matter. No. So, I, I honestly, that was kind of the game. So I don't blame Mac Brown for the way he reacted, but that's not to say that they right. just yeah. called everything in favor of Notre Dame because they didn't. There was a couple pass interference penalties. That no, they, no. Yeah. yeah, so it was just a bad game overall. Uh, but going forward, the way that the Notre Dame uses their corners is going to be really interesting because you can give up these big plays to North Carolina in a game where you're sort of dominating, but like that can't happen against uh, USC or Clemson. And Clemson's offense yesterday actually USC really couldn't solid. move the ball against Oregon State yesterday. So I don't know. Maybe USC isn't as good as everybody thought they were. I think it was just their worst game of the season. They still won. Yeah, they should have lost to a quarterback who threw four interceptions. Yeah, that quarterback was actually the worst quarterback I've ever seen. Imagine <laughs> Drew Pine for a full game, and that's what it was. Uh, Drew Pine against Cal for a full game. Again, sorry. He had a really good game against North Carolina. I do not want that to get lost. But Aggregate, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the breakout video. No, I think uh, USC played the worst game of the season. They got away with the win. Yesterday was kind of a weird day for some top 10 teams. Oklahoma lost their kryptonite, Kansas State, who... Adrian Martinez played the game of his career. Yeah, he did. And they showed a graphic during that. It was like, Kansas State's record against top 10 teams is like 8 and 30-something. But four of those eight were against Oklahoma, and now it's five. So, yeah, Michigan kind of had they a game suck. with Maryland. They sucked. It was the first game they played all year. So. And uh, who else? Kentucky was in a weird game with Northern Illinois. Some top 10 teams. Oh, the weirdest one by far was Georgia-Kent State. yeah. The Kent State Golden Flashes, they never really threatened to win, but they were in that game. So, yeah, I don't I don't really know what to make of it, but I think Notre Dame's secondary, they need to get that tightened up in a big way because even BYU has some deep threats too. So uh, that has to be figured out. But overall, I thought it was a, a pretty good performance considering the talent they were going up against. And, and honestly, their performance against Ohio State actually looks even better now because Ohio State just absolutely put it on Wisconsin. That game was over after the first quarter. Yeah, Graham Mertz sucks balls. Yeah, Graham Mertz is also <laughs> he is he's bad. So, he's so bad. All right, before we wrap up here, uh, game balls, who do you got? I think it's pretty easy here. It's it's Michael Mayer. Uh, I think he had seven catches for 80-something yards and a touchdown. Um, it could have been another touchdown. He just he makes things a lot easier for Drew Pine, who who did have a good game yesterday, but um, he's just got to be such a I don't know comforting figure for Drew Pine to have out there. So and, and I really enjoy watching him. I said this yesterday. He's truly one of the few day one to end one contributors we've ever had. Um, I think Michael Floyd's on that list. I think I, I don't even really know who else is on that list. I mean, I, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah, 
Uh, well, yeah, yeah. And th- there aren't a lot of people on that list. Um, but that was Notre Dame's 25th straight regular season win against an ACC opponent. Last time we lost an ACC team in the regular season was that god-awful night in Hard Rock Stadium. Um, so <laughs> wow. we do still have wow, one streak alive. Yeah. Damn, that, that seems like an eternity ago. I'm actually it disappointed was. It was, you brought it was that almost, up. It was almost five full years ago. I'm giving mine. This is like a, a shared one. Drew Pine and Tommy Reese because Tommy Reese just absolutely diced him up. And, and Drew Pine, give him credit, he executed. And uh, he looked way more comfortable and confident. And it's just it's really, really encouraging to see because I'm not going to lie. Going into it, I was like, man, if what are we going to do? Like, I really right. – I know I said it before. I honestly thought – is Notre Dame going to have to shift to the wing T or the triple option by November? Now we know that the wing T doesn't lose in November. However, right. I would prefer that my D one college football team not be running the wing T. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's not a problem anymore. We're not running the triple option or the wing T with, uh, with Ron Palace the third. So uh, okay. <laughs> All right, you got any final thoughts in North Carolina before we wrap this up? Nope. Um, I almost wish there wasn't a buy. We just play again, but um, it is what it is. It could go back and forth on that one because on one hand, it's like, all right, now Notre Dame gets another week to to really prepare with Drew Pine going forward. But uh, that'll do it for this episode of Sun Saturday Irish. Thank you guys for watching or listening wherever you are. Please subscribe to the show if you haven't already and give us a follow at Sons of Sat Irish on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. As we mentioned, Notre Dame has a bye this week, so we'll release our preview episode for the BYU game at this time next week. So until then, we'll talk to you soon.